This is Chris Martin, and me and my buddy Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Everything, host an NBA podcast called The Mismatch. They call it The Mismatch because I'm awesome and Kevin is a gigantic nerd. No, no, that's not why at all, Chris. They call it The Mismatch because I have a brain and you're a loudmouth bozo. Good grief. (laughs) Anyway, listen to our amazing NBA podcast, The Mismatch. Or don't. We really don't care. We're probably going to win a million awards either way. <laughs> Chris, we do care. So don't say that. Please subscribe and listen to The Mismatch only on Spotify. Did you really call me a bozo? <laughs> it's the full go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up. And with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Chicago everywhere, check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. (laughs) He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. yeah. I'm here to do my my annual, uh, I think it's time for me to retire from open runs and pick up basketball segment, period. I think I've done this now. This will be, this will be what, year, year 21 coming up here soon? I think I think I've done this 20 years in a row, to be honest with you. And I know you guys can't probably see it or hear it right now, but it's as good as it's probably going to get. Uh, my teeth went through my top lip this morning after I was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So as I get closer, you can see the John Sally vibe I got going on. Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I'm a fucking soldier, though. My lady was like, let's go get some stitches. I'm like, no, nah, we got shit to do today. You kidding me? We got, <laughs> <laughs> we, Fuck I, stitches. I, yeah, yeah. I got I got to watch the, the 1-800-GOT-JUNK-GUYS move shit all day. I got things to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I got to be director, Jay, today. I can't go in there with dissolving stitches. These motherfuckers not going to respect me. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my God. My lady's been putting me in such precarious positions as of late, as I'm injured too, you know, cause you always gotta, you gotta be the dude, right? So you don't want your ladies, you know, her, you know, and, and, and God rest her soul. Shout out to Miss Denise Ellis, but we, we were clearing out her crib. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
You don't want your lady over there with seven movers. <laughs> Fucking, you know what I mean? You, you know, you don't want that, right? So as a dude, you got to show up. You got to be like, yeah, this this is where this should go. And that, that yeah, we don't need that anymore. So did that for a few hours a day. But before that, I, I, I made the, the, um, the unlucky decision to hoop this morning. And yeah, I'm... It's it's done, man. I, like I, I love it. And, and uh, I don't say that. Don't say that, Jay. It's not because I'm gonna fucking do it on Monday. Like I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm bullshitting, but man, duh. I, I, these young Thundercats that don't know how to control their bodies, man. It's just it's it's amazing. So I got I, I caught the back of a dude's head, and my my bottom teeth just went through my top lip. And I was sure that my teeth were cracked. I was sure that the wedding photos, because next week we're going to be on vacation. I might, I might, you know, might squirt out a couple of vacation pods for y'all. But uh, I, I was sure that all the wedding photos are going to be jacked up. Um, it was bad this morning. It's kind of healed up a little bit as of late. Uh, and and you know, my my lady being a uh, you know a, a person in the medical field, she. She was like, I got this drug and this drug and this drug for you. I'm like, nah, I'm cool. I'm cool. I, <laughs> let me just let's let's get the ore gel on it and let's let's keep it moving. So we are ready for a pod. This is what? Pod number 112. Ding ding ding. There yes, it sir. is. There it is. Uh, I've regaled you with enough tales of ridiculousness. Before before we move on to the real ridiculousness, which is Chicago baseball, um, I wanted to ask you two something. Tony Gill, Jesse Lopez, my guys. What crazy thing do you believe in, but you know it's crazy? Because, I mean, there's a lot of things for me, right? One, I believe the birds are just being nice to us and at any point will turn on us and and we'll realize the evil creatures that they truly are, right? Like, can you imagine if birds just got mad? Like, what would we do about it? You know, and it's not, I'm not on the Alfred Hitchcock, you know, (laughs) Twilight Zone vibes at all, but it's birds are, Birds are cool, but they're also very uncool. If you look at them, like birds aren't cuddly. Birds aren't nice. You know, birds are just doing what birds do. And if birds ever, you know, up and get upset, you know what I mean? Like, you know. Yeah, I think <laughs> people, we, we know our relationship with birds because if one man is to slip in your house, everything go crazy. It's a wrap. Everything shuts down. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. There is no man, I don't care how tough you need to be in that moment, there is no man that isn't quite like, uh, this motherfucker got wings. Like, there's a different advantage here, right? As opposed to a rodent running around, you could, you know, you could take a bat, sledgehammer, whatever, you, a gun, you could shoot at it, whatever you need to do to get rid of the rodent problem in your crib. Mess around and have a bird come in your crib that don't want to leave right away. Then, now you're talking about having to be tough for your significant other while also being petrified and peeing on yourself just a little bit, you know? Like, I'm telling y'all, y'all gonna rethink this. Like all these birds. First of all, the kids that were the bird watchers in school. Like let's let's be real about it. Like those are the kids you circled as like. Just let me know when you're having a bad day. You know what I mean? Like, like and I know people are gonna be listening to this and like, oh, I used to love birds. Well, examine where you're at with life right now and how centered you truly are. Right? Like, you know, it's like the coin collectors. Like, the, I, I was a kid who collected sports cards, right? And that was that was kind of my thing. And I knew I was a nerd, right? But it was kind of like, oh, this is the cool hobby of, for, the, of, for the nerds. But the coin collectors and these kids running around, picking up rocks and shit off the ground and then trying to be like mini geologists. I'm not trying to deter your dream. If you were one of those kids or are one of those kids, knock yourself out. Don't know how much is going to pay off in the end for you. But these bird kids, Kids, like I'm telling you, these are the kids we're gonna have to rely on when these birds turn on us, and that's just you know, that's just that's just the thought. Speaking of birds turning, go ahead, Tom. Go ahead. No, no, no. I don't know what Jesse's is, but uh, I 100 believe Stevie Wonder can see. Oh yeah, no. You and I have talked about this. Mm-hmm. This, 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 like, this is one of the greatest ruses of all time. Like, yep. Yep. shout out to Stevie for keeping this thing going. One of the greatest musicians that this country has ever produced, right? Like, one of the generational talents. But at the same time, like, you know, I've seen Stevie high five someone before. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've seen him I'm, catch something. I, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know what I mean? So not gonna, you know, not gonna, you're not gonna make a fool out of me. Nah, I see. I see the ruse. Stevie ain't blind. It's cool, though. I mean, you know, you got, hey, shout out to Stevie, 
right? And, you know, I, hell, I've seen Stevie wink at people. <laughs> What's that about, Stevie? You know? So, and the only thing that, you know, keeps us believing that he is, is, you know, the hairstyle. Other than that, mm-hmm. you know, it's cool. It's cool. You know, Jesse, what do you, what do you got? What, what, what do you know is ridiculous, but you're like, I don't believe it's crazy. I mean, I don't know how ridiculous it is, but when you said that, this is the first thing that came to mind is the fact that we're, we're not alone in like the universe and space. Somewhere out there, there is another intelligent life form that are just looking at us laughing or something like that. There's, the universe is too big for us to be the only special people, oh, you know? 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's not, yeah, that's not a, that's not a, that's yeah, why I don't think it's that really crazy. Yeah, not, like, at all. It's a, not at how, all. How are you not that open to believe that, you know? Yeah. Wait, wait till you realize that the ocean is actually in the sky. Oh, I'm, I, don't, I don't go near the water. Come on, I'm Mexican, bro. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying, though. No. Well, you're talking to two brothers, Tony. <laughs> I mean, come on, Josh. Be, be real about it. You know? <laughs> we, had to, we had to forcibly get taught to swim. So, no, but think, wait till you realize, like I just said, ocean's in the sky, man. Look on no, up. I believe that. Look on up. You know, you think those are clouds. We're just looking at a reverse mirror out here. Ah, oh. top that, Kyrie. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of my other cons- conspiracy theories, as we get into Chicago baseball weekend, by the way, I hope everybody had a great weekend out there. I uh, hope you stayed safe and enjoyed some of the weather. It got a little chilly here in the city, but, you know, uh, it was better this than, you know, what we had a month ago. Um, my other conspiracy theory is this. I'm a huge Rihanna fan. Huge Rihanna fan. You know, anti- Go on. <laughs> You're listening? <laughs> I'm a huge Rihanna fan, right? And anti is a great piece of work. Right. And I followed her career from Ponder River, you know, signing with Rock Nation and all that good stuff. And, you know, the run this town feature that kind of just put it, you know, into the stratosphere. She was dope before that, obviously. But, you know, Rihanna is a mogul, is a um, an entrepreneur par excellence. Right. Now she's got the Savage Fenty thing going on. She's a billionaire, if not a billionaire. Tony, look up, look up, look up Rihanna's net worth for me real quick. All right, because I want to extol the virtues of Rihanna. And if you're listening right now, you're like, wow, how's he going to bring this back? Like, where is this going? You know, you may have started talking about birds and rocks and all that. Uh, by the way, if you're just tuning in just now, I'm, I'm not talking about drugs. <laughs> when I say birds and rocks, the opening segment, we talked about <laughs> we talked about bird watching and kids collecting rocks. But how much is Rihanna worth, Tony? If the internet is correct, Al Gore internet, says 1.7 billion as of 2022. 1.7 billion dollars. You might ask yourself, Jay, what does Rihanna have to do with Chicago sports? Nothing. I just wanted to mention Rihanna. Now I'm just messing with you. Um the Cardinals and the Cubs played a series this weekend. And there was a split doubleheader, right? The, the Cardinals win the rubber match. You know, we're talking about Caleb Killian. We're talking about, you know, Swarmer. We're talking about the young pitching prospects of the Chicago Cubs. By the way, that dude wasn't Nolan Gorman, the, the, the young Cardinal. Let me tell you something right now. First of all, he's going to be he's gonna be pretty dope. And on top of it, his name is Nolan Gorman. Like, you're talking Another about Another 2K creative player. Another yeah. 2K creative player <laughs> or in, the, in the Cardinals franchise. <laughs> Oh, you know, Tommy Pham and the boys. Yo, don't get me started. Colt Wong and you already know. Like they just they they actually have their their creative player factory in Ferguson. You know what I mean? <laughs> just just stealing the natural resources of the city that has been marginalized and underserved by the state of Missouri. But they keep kicking out players, and they just got the factory there in Ferguson. But they got another one in Nolan Gorman, and you saw Caleb Killian mow down what his first nine batters. He struck out his first two. Nolan Gorman was one of those dudes, 97 mile an hour, tailing fastball. He's out here killing it, right? But big picture, zoom out, because I saw a lot of Cardinals fans in the city this weekend. Saw a lot of y'all walking around downtown, hanging out with your Cardinals jerseys on, taking pictures in front of the Trump building and shit. I saw you wilding out. I saw y'all, right? Enjoying yourselves. Like, look at this. This is what the big city looks like, right? Zoom out, Cubs fans. The Cardinals are still out here making music, right? Rihanna ain't going to never make music ever again. How much was she worth again, Tony? 
$1.7 billion. Rihanna fans like myself and everybody else looking at Rihanna like, man, I know you're getting your money elsewhere, but I don't wear lingerie, Rihanna. <laughs> okay, I don't wear makeup, and I know she's got a men's line, right? I know she's got all that good stuff going, but I want the music. I'm here for the music. You intrigued me with the music. You started talking that madness with the music. And man, it listen, Sex With Me is one of the greatest songs of all time. It's, it's, it really is one of those songs that, that proves the state of your relationship, to be honest with you. Like, if you can throw that on and stare at your significant other and, and, and nothing happened, you should probably, it's time for you to start dividing up the funds because <laughs> it's, it's not going to be long before that thing is over, right? I want those songs out of Rihanna. And I'm not getting them anytime soon because she's worth $1.7 billion. Hey, Cubs fans. <laughs> Them boys won themselves a World Series <laughs> and a hotel was built and a soccer team was uh, well, attempted to be purchased, right? Chelsea FC, right? I don't know. What's the state of that thing, Tone? You, you keep up oh, with the soccer soccer yeah. purchases better than I do. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they didn't go through with it. Ah, yeah, damn. somebody else bought them. Almost, right? <laughs> but but you, you built up Wrigleyville. You, you're out here. Buying this, buying that. The Ricketts isn't kicking it. Meanwhile, the St. Louis Cardinals are out here like, uh, rebuild? What, what the fuck is that? We, we, don't, we don't rebuild. They ask Mike Schilt, do you ever foresee the Cardinals going through something like the Cubs are going through? And he said, and, I, and I'm summarizing, but it's pretty close, that's not what we do here in this organization. So, Cubs fans, after this last year where you saw championship pieces get traded off, and, and I am all about celebrating Caleb Killian because that's the piece that you got back in the Chris Bryant trade from the San Francisco Giants, 25-year-old big league pitching prospect, throwing him with Swarmer. You know, you, you, you're messing around. You're cooking with gas. You got, you got Brandon Hughes. Of course, Justin Steele is out there trying to do his thing. Keegan Thompson, young pitching, right? But you're asking yourself, are the Rickens planning on making any music soon? Because this is a microcosm of the state of baseball in the NL Central. The St. Louis Cardinals don't get bad. They get below average. They get average, whatever the case may be. But they're always in the running. And I think this weekend was one of those series that, yeah, you can get up excited about these young arms. You can get excited about these young players, Christopher Morrell, and, you know, Ian, well, Ian Happ, he's a free agent to be Ian Happ, right? But you can get excited about certain things. Meanwhile, the St. Louis Cardinals fans who are walking around this city, they, they too busy not getting excited about young players. They busy, excited about their team. They got, they got, you know, an NL MVP candidate, if not the front runner and Paul Goldschmidt. They've got enough pitching. They just they pick up the damn baseball. I'm not saying the Cardinals are gonna win the National League. Not saying they're gonna win. Well, yeah, they probably will win the NL Central. But it's interesting to watch two franchises who are supposed to be operating at the same pace with the same temperature, and one is already in rebuild mode. And I believe I was reading in I think it was Morrissey's column that there hasn't been losing seasons. And I believe one or two since 2007 for the St. Louis Cardinals. And in that time, the Cubs have had two overhauls or two retoolings or two rebuilds, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, if I'm a Cubs fan right now, I'm sitting back watching this last series and getting excited about all the pitching prospects, getting excited about some of the young players, wondering what's going to happen with Wilson Contreras. Meanwhile, you're watching Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, and Anthony Rizzo do what they should have been doing here. I'm not here to pour salt in the wound, but a series versus the Cardinals where they win the series, and you, you, you get a chance to see some young players, and you realize you probably shouldn't even be in this position right now having to get a chance to see young players, but this is your lot in life, and this is where you are with it. You're probably like me right now, Cubs fans. Yeah, it's cool 
because you can see something else brewing. But, man, wouldn't you love if the Ricketts want to make music again? We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff after a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey guys, this is Ozzy Guille, and you are listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff on The Ringer in a Spot 5. So the White Sox take two or three from the Tampa Bay Rays, and man, the White Sox are, <laughs> White Sox are fun in a bad, weird way, right? I mean, Andrew Vaughn is just outstanding, just outstanding, and, and I think it's, it makes it that much more glaring to see where he was batting in the lineup before Tim Anderson's injury and how he bounced around here and there. Dude just hits the ball. Now, he had a little trouble in the corner in Sunday's game where he had a ball get away from him, but, you know, they they jump on the Tampa Bay Rays very, very early in this game. Throw six runs up in the first two innings. Lucas Giolito went out there and did what he had to do. Had a little rough ending to his start, giving up five runs, but he handed over to the bullpen. It looked like how the playoffs should look if the White Sox make it to the playoffs. You got Aaron Bummer, you got Kendall Graveman, you got Liam, Liam Hendricks. There it is. You, you shorten the game, you give your money to ball, and you say go get people out, and that's what they did. But, you know, this series makes you feel a lot better than the Blue Jays series felt, no doubt about it, because it's against a quality team, and it's against, uh, you know, it's against your own injuries, right? You, you still got Lance Lynn down in the minors. I believe his second rehab start just got completed. You've got Eloy Jimenez who's been down there as well in Charlotte for five games um, after that hamstring tear. And they still want his, quote, legs to get under him. So they don't like what they see just so, as yet, right? Maybe, maybe get him back into baseball shape or get his groove back at the plate. I'm sure if he has a couple of games back-to-back where he's hitting the ball the way they believe he should be hitting minor league pitching, then he'll be up shortly. But, yeah, the, the Sox actually ran the bases better. They actually picked up the ball better this series. And Reese McGuire, man, I'm telling you, if Yasmani Grandal can look like he looked in this series going forward, a guy like Reese McGuire is going to be as important as any of the rotational or utility guys, whatever you want, the backup players, whatever you the bench for the, 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 the White Sox. He's going to be as important as some of these dudes who are starters because now with uh, the, the depletion of talent due to injury, a guy like Reese McGuire is going to get a lot of at-bats. You know what? I, I trust him in a lot of different positions and a lot of different situations, and he, he feels like he handles the staff well as well. So, you know, I don't know how many backup catchers out there are going to be in a running for team MVPs, but, you know, this first 40 games or so, Reese McGuire has come up huge in a lot of different instances. And now Yasmani Grandal seemingly is seeing the ball a little bit better. You get to throw him at first base. You get to throw him at DH if you want to spell, uh, you know, Jose Abreu. You can move him around a little bit, but it, it is important that they trust their backup catcher. And I think you saw that come to fruition this series. And like I mentioned, Jake Berger and Andrew Vaughn, uh, what more can you say about him? Uh, Luis Robert got on base a couple of times. Looks like he's seeing the ball a little bit better. Uh, it's the it's the highest offensive output they've had this season. The 16 hits, uh, ties, are, I believe, eclipses a team high this season. So, yeah, they, they hit the ball against the Tampa Bay Rays. Now you go ahead and you lock it up with the L.A. Dodgers going forward and, and make this road swing at least respectable after the way you looked against the Toronto Blue Jays. This team's going to be up and down. Right with with the injuries and also um, us seeing some of the warts on, on Tony Larusa and also seeing him press some of the right buttons. Like some of those things are like riding a bike, and then the other things are like, okay, you might be out thinking it a little bit. You know, let let the game happen instead of trying to dictate it and be the architect of every single game, especially when you've got a depleted roster. So. Um, you know, we, I, I think Tony said something to the effect of we'll see if he remembers how to do this thing. Um, and I can dig it. I can dig it because when you hear people doubting you as much as he, he's been doubted over this last year and a half or so, some of that starts to seep in and it's cool. 
I, you know, this is a big city. It's a big market. And you should doubt some of the things. I mean, <laughs> the playoffs weren't a sterling representation of what you would want out of a manager who you brought out of retirement who hadn't done this thing in damn near a decade. Like, you saw some of the, you saw some of the misgivings. You saw some of the things that maybe don't translate uh, in today's game. So, and, and the best thing that Tony Russo has going for him is that Tim Anderson is in his corner. And, and, and some of the dudes that he needs to be in his corner are in his corner because some of those starting pitchers, I'd, I'd uh, be interested to see how they felt off the record. But he's got Jose Abreu. He's got Tim Anderson in his corner. He's got, he's got some of the pillars of that clubhouse in his corner. That wasn't the thing that stood out to me this weekend when it comes to White Sox baseball. What stood out to me was, I believe his name is Jason Adam. He was a former Cub, actually, too. Uh, Jason Adam, the relief pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays, spoke for all of the Rays who were in opposition to wearing the uh, Pride logo, the rainbow uh Tampa Bay Rays logo on the patch and also on the hat uh, as we are celebrating LGBTQ plus month and also Awareness Month. And also there was a Pride celebration night on Saturday night in Tampa Bay. And of course, if you are in the know or if you have been keeping up with the news, um, the the infamous, uh, quote unquote, don't say gay bill that was passed in the law by Ron DeSantis in the state of Florida has people up in arms. And uh, it was it was very interesting to me the way that Jason Adam actually termed this protest, or I don't want to say protest, but uh, termed how the rest of the players on the team were feeling about wearing this patch. And this is what he had to say from the Tampa Bay Times. I don't want to misquote this, man. That's why I made sure I got this up. So this, this piece in the Tampa Bay Times wrote, Adam, chosen by team officials to speak for the players who opted out, said it was primarily a matter of religious beliefs and not wanting to encourage the, quote, behavior of the, unquote, of those in the LGBT plus, LGBTQ plus community. Quote, a lot of it comes down to faith, to like a faith-based decision, Adam said. Quote, so it's a hard decision because ultimately we all said that we want what we want is them to know that all are welcome and loved here. But when we put it on our bodies, I think a lot of guys decide that it's just a lifestyle that maybe not that they look down on anybody or think differently. It's just what maybe we don't want to encourage if we believe in Jesus, who's encouraged us to live a lifestyle that would abstain from that behavior, just like Jesus encourages me as a heterosexual male to abstain from sex outside the confines of marriage. It is no different. He said, quote, it's not judgmental. It's not looking down. It's just what we believe, the lifestyle he's encouraged us to live for our good, not to withhold. But again, we love these men and women. We care about them and we want them to feel safe and welcome here, unquote. That is Jason Adam, uh, relief pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays, who was the spokesperson for a group of players who did not want to wear this logo. Now, uh, Kevin Cash, the Rays manager, wore this logo. And I'm, I'm going to say this. I got no problem with you believing in what you were believing in. Um, feel free. Uh, this, this day, these days and times, people have been empowered, encouraged, uh, you know, enlightened, all the ends, entitled, <laughs> whatever you want to throw out there, uh, to speak and believe what they would like as fully and as powerfully and as impactfully as they would like. I'll say this, man. Um, I don't know any religion that doesn't preach humanity, um, no matter who you believe in. Right? And I'm not a deeply religious person. I, I grew up in a family who, um, you know, born in Belize, uh, went to church two, three times a week. <laughs> my moms and my and, and my uncles and uh, you know my grandmother. I couldn't go to my grandmother's house on 8845 South State Street if I didn't bring my church clothes. Right, and that was every weekend. And then I started getting kicked out of Sunday school and shit like that. You know, like, you know, Jason is asking too many questions downstairs. Uh, I think would be the, f the familiar refrain. Shout out to Calvary Baptist over there on, was it 77th and Jeffrey? 76th and Jeffrey? Yeah. Many, many, uh, <laughs> many uh, 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 afternoon, a Sunday afternoon spent in that basement uh, with a chair pointed towards the corner as the other kids learned about burning bushes and things of that nature. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, 
I'm an, I was an inquisitive kid. I was a kid who couldn't keep my mouth shut, as y'all can see now. And, and that, you know, that didn't stop in me. But I, I grew to learn that whoever you praised, whoever you worship, I always thought it was coming from a place of love and a place of higher understanding. And this, to hide behind this, um, I don't even say hide, because I'm happy that Jason Adam is doing this. Because I think in these days and times, we all need to know who and what we are rooting for and what is representing us, um, what we feel comfortable with. Um, far too long in this country, we've been able to hide behind certain things, right? And the stick to sports people have been able to uh, make sure that certain issues aren't talked about. But now, guess what? Everybody's being asked the questions because Life is sports. Sports is life. And a lot of times conversations get moved forward because people think that this is the toy department of life. Um, Jason Adam is going to start many a conversation and has started many a conversation around this country that I believe is healthy and I believe is worthwhile. And for things to be deemed lifestyles and choices and all those other things, um, I have these conversations with my friends about what they can and can't say about around me. And once you realize that most of this stuff should be rooted in love, and when you truly do see um, an LGBTQ plus couple, <laughs> and you see that the love that is shared is similar to that of a quote-unquote heterosexual couple, I think some of those things fall by the wayside. And also as a father, um, I, my son is five years old. So are you telling me that in three, four, five, six, seven, eight years, one year, whatever the case may be, if my son comes to me and tells me how he feels and I being the supportive and nurturing father, tell him, hey, man, whatever, whatever floats your boat, as long as you're being safe and as long as you're being loved and happy, I love it. I'm for you. Are you telling me that you are not in agreement with his lifestyle, you know? And and I just, I don't get it, man. I, I just truly don't get it. In this day and age where uh, we fake this togetherness shit and we talk a lot about things and we, we put hashtags in the corners of end zones and we throw things on the sides of bases. I'm glad Jason Adam did this because this conversation will now happen hopefully throughout the week. And people who weren't enlightened and still think, because anytime we get to this point, I always ask dudes, all right, so at what point did you choose to be heterosexual? You know, like, when did you choose to like women? <laughs> right? And if when dudes tell me certain things, I'm like, oh, so up until that point, you, you was on the fence. Uh, you <laughs> Around second grade, third grade, you was like, eh, you know, <laughs> Carl is kind of cool, though. But, you know, Sally is also dope. Like, you know, so it gets to that weird place. Uh, but I appreciate it. I appreciate, you know, I appreciate uncomfortable humor. I appreciate uncomfortable conversations, even though I hate being in them myself. <laughs> and I appreciate uncomfortable times. And I appreciate Jason Adam for providing this uncomfortable time for these uncomfortable conversations to happen so that the, the discomfort can become comfort at, at some point. Because the other way ain't working. Uh, us, us going to our agenda-filled corners and no one coming out with any kinds of resolutions? Nah. So while everybody is Twitter storming it up about Jason Adam, and I haven't said Jason Adams' name ever. And if it sounds unfamiliar here on this podcast, please believe I'm trying to remember his name every single time I say it. Yeah, if it's uncomfortable now, good. Hopefully in the future, these conversations won't be as uncomfortable if we have them now. So Jason Adam, I appreciate you and your stance. And hopefully you can be enlightened as we go forward so that a patch on your sleeve or a logo on your ball cap won't be as heavy as you think it is as opposed to the lives that are being led by people who are being persecuted and marginalized in this country. Time for some commercials. You ever been outside of Chicago? Outside Chicago. Outside. 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 Where we at? Outside! All right, it's time for us to get into Outside the Shy. Whenever we jump outside the shower, whether it be basketball, football, just some some uh, national news. And of course, it's game two. We are uh, 
taping this shortly after game two finish. I'm not even going to lie. It's not even shortly. It's damn near one o'clock in the morning here. Uh, like I said, I was moving some things around. I had a long day. Don't, you know, I'm, I'm out here talking with one lip. Yeah, get off my back. All right. I got my guys up. We the late night boys tonight. Uh, but this outside the shy, of course, is going to be centered around game two of the NBA finals, Boston and Golden State. And fellas, Exactly what I thought would happen, happened. <laughs> the Golden State Warriors took it back to the lab. And they also, they realized that you can't give NBA players open shots. The Grant Williams and the Marcus Smarts of the world and the Al Horfords of the world, they had, they had somebody in their chest this evening. The Golden State Warriors defended on a high level, and especially in that third quarter where you, you saw the Celtics miss enough shots. And of course, Steph Curry started to go off. And Jordan Poole, welcome to the series, man. <laughs> I thought we were going to miss you throughout this joint. Draymond Green's still bad. Still bad. Uh, still still being Draymond Green. And I know everybody, oh, you're so impactful. And I'll, listen, man, I, I, would probably, I would probably take the bait as well. <laughs> like, there was a few baitable moments last, this evening, I should say. But, yeah, yeah. Draymond Green, I think Draymond Green is going to be a reason why they get beat. I, I think that Draymond Green and his offensive inadequacies out there, is, they are running away from that man when he gets the ball. They are daring him to shoot jump shots. And I think at some point, that's got to matter, right? And and you could do the whole, like, Rajon Rondo, Boston Celtics thing, where it's like, yeah, well, you know, you, you can orchestrate that much better when you back up off of guys and he's got, Great vision. And yeah, but at some point, you got to put the ball in the hole. Y'all can't be on the pedal to kill every damn time up and down the court. It's as simple as that. Or you're going to have to play a, a, a prolonged, sustained excellence in, in, on the defensive end that I don't know if they can keep up with some of the players that they have to offset with because of his uh, offensive uh, you know, deficiencies. Like, you you got to they, – they out there running around with Bielitsa. They're they trying to figure anything out. And, and, and by the way, hey, Andrew Wiggins, hey, <laughs> hey, buddy, <laughs> hey. <laughs> they won game two without you. They lost game one without you, too. Like, <laughs> they they need Andrew Wiggins. Everybody was getting ready to turn around those Andrew Wiggins redemption story uh, pieces. Yeah, let's chill. Let, let, Andrew got to bust out here soon. Like, they're, to, for the Warriors to win this series, they're going to have to get at least one 30-point game out of Andrew Wiggins. Because even in the second half of this game, you saw Steph Curry. Uh, Steph Curry, the sustained Steph Curry bursts, um, they happen still, but they're not as deadly. So the Celtics need to stop. 68-62 was where the game was lost. The, I believe the, the Warriors went on an 11-0 or 12-0 run at that point. And from that point on, you were just playing catch-up with a team defensively that was uh, moving with a different, uh, a different attitude. Like, they were hitting first. They were doing a lot of things physically that they weren't doing in game one to the Celtics. And I think the Celtics kind of got taken aback. And I also think the Celtics were like, all right, we got one. Like we, we, we came here to split. We got one. Hopefully, we were going to get two. That probably wasn't going to happen against former champions. Um, there was a couple of times that Draymond Green mixed it up where he could have got that second technical and gotten booted out of the game. And then everybody would be like, oh, that's why they lost game two. I'm glad they kept him in the game. I'm glad they allowed him to do all the Draymond shit. And if you're listening closely, Jeff Van Gundy does not like Draymond Green in the least. Like, listen closely when you're game three through seven, because I think this thing's going seven. If you've been listening to any game that Jeff Van Gunny has done with Draymond Green on the floor, he is advocating for him to get kicked off, kicked out at jump ball. Like, like, like at jump ball, it's like, you know, Draymond Green really tugged on his shorts in a, in a way that I think the refs wouldn't allow if another player did it. He should get two technicals immediately for that. And maybe that's a little hy hyperbolic, but yeah, Jeff Van Gunny's got it in for Draymond Green. And, and in a fun way, right? You can hear it. You can, you know, you can hear when a, when a, when an analyst doesn't really rock with a player or there's like been something that's happened or something that's been said. Like we never really get those bits. And then when you hear them like five, six, seven years down the line where the Knuckleheads podcast, all the smoke and something like that, you're like, oh, I, my, my feeling was right. But yeah, they're going back to the garden now. Um, Jason Tatum. You know, even though he had 13 assists in the first first game, he came out blazing in the second game, right? Like, Jason Tatum was on fire in that first half. Jason Tatum's going, the, the Andrew Wiggins rule that applies, Jason Tatum got to get 40 at some point in this series. Got to get 40. 
And 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 I think Ime Udoka and his offensive assistants are going to have to find a way to get easier shots for Jason Tatum, especially, and Jalen Brown, right? Like, both those guys, they're always on the ball, so the defense always has their eyes on them. But both those guys going to have to, you know, if, if you got to rely on Peyton Pritchard a little bit more, uh, you know, White has been outstanding. Like, they put up his game one stats versus game two stats. I'm like, no, no, no. no. Those 12 points were fine. Like, that's what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to get 21 for y'all. Like, he did that. That's like when Eddie House used to go crazy back in the day. He's like, oh, shit, Eddie went crazy. That's the game y'all win. That's the game you got to win. You won it. Derek White went crazy game one. And guess what? In game two, he showed you that when Marcus Smart is out there going YOLO, like he does at some points in the game, you can slide him off the ball and play Derek White at the at the two. So, I mean, at the one, I should say. So, yeah, Al Horford didn't have the game that he had. Um, Marcus Smart didn't have a game at all. Um, yeah. If, if Jason and Jalen are going to go at it against the Golden State Warriors, your money's probably going to be on the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors actually defended and Jordan Poole uh, came to play. And Steph Curry, you know, what more can you say? Like, at this point, we we watching the greatest hits, right? Like this is this is that this is that bad boys deluxe album that comes out at the end where you're like, oh yeah, I I, I did. I, Mace was one of my favorites. I'm so glad y'all put this out. Like watching Steph do the Steph stuff, and you're like, oh man, like I remember that at Davidson. That's how old I am, right? Like I enjoy this. I enjoy watching the maturation because as a kid. I didn't appreciate watching the old shit as much as I, you know, as I should because I wasn't old, right? So you watch things and you're like, man, this guy can't jump anymore. Like, why are y'all still watching this dude? Or this guy isn't fast anymore. Or look at the craftiness he's working with. Like, as a kid, watching Utah Mike is different than watching Lakers and Blazers Mike where he is just jumping all over the place and, you know, he switches hand and one of the most overrated shots of all time and y'all went crazy about it. Like, that's the Mike that you're used to watching and then you watch games against Utah and you're like, damn, they, they, they won with 72 points tonight. Like, this ain't this ain't as fun as I think it should be, but, you know, it's cool. I, of course, the Warriors ain't gonna never give you 72 in a finals game, but Watching the, the the small sustained burst of Steph is still amazing. Like it's still um, a talent that you could put up there uh, as as dominant as any sport like feat that you can have. Like having a hundred and twenty mile an hour serve, or having a hundred and ten mile an hour slap shot, or being able to hit a you know uh, time up a one timer perfectly or a double play that's turned where you're like, man, you don't realize how special an event just happened because it seems so mundane and you see it all the time. Watching a dead-eye shooter get busy and, and you know that all it is is, will he get it off, right? Is, is the release as clean or as fast as it should be and used to be? And a lot of times, it's the legs for Steph. You can tell very, like you can tell in a quarter when Steph is going to get busy and when he's not. You can just, it's, it's in the legs, it's in the bounce. He's still a jump shooter. And that's why I mentioned last pod, like, you got to treat him like we treat the high flyers that we used to see, where it's like, oh, okay, this is year, this is year 12, 13. You ain't supposed to do that, right? Like, when Vince was dunking at the end of his career, we're like, oh, look, it's a glimpse of Vince. But that was every night in those first three or four years of, of Air Canada, right? With Steph, it's like, oh, look at Steph get hot again. We were used to seeing that every other night on the NBA package like six, seven years ago. So to watch this maturation take place is beautiful, man. It's outstanding. And, of course, to see Jordan Poole, you know, Big Ten fans know what's up. Like, you watch Jordan Poole in Michigan, you're like, man, this guy's going pro? And it just tells you and it just shows you how talented a professional prospect is. And then the guy has to go to the G League. And then all of a sudden he cracks the lineup. And then he starts to get busy for a team that you didn't think he would be a factor for. And then he has the playoffs that he's had, the up and down playoffs that he's had. And now in the finals, he shows up in game two and puts his team in a position to uh, to kind of take this thing back if they can win game three at the Garden. So the, the, the NBA finals have uh, lived up to what I thought they should be, right? Game one was fantastic. 
Game two, I thought the Golden State Warriors would come out and handle these boys, and that's exactly what they did. It was a 19-point game in the end, but I don't think it was that close, especially after that third-quarter run. So, um, yeah, I I know all my Bulls fans' friends out there sitting back in the cut like, all right. So that four through nine thing you were talking about a month ago, Jay, because, you know, you stack cores up, boy. You start to look around. (laughs) Yeah, Vooch and, and Zach and DeMar. Well, you got to Jason and Jalen and whoever are going to be around for a little bit, right? You know, Ben and Kevin and whoever are going to be around for a little bit in Brooklyn. And when you look at Miami, as long as Jimmy is out there sandbagging during the regular season only to show the S on his chest for the playoffs, yeah, they're going to have a go at it the next couple of years. And, of course, what will Milwaukee do? You know, Lopez is a free agent. Um, They're going to have some depth. Uh, reshuffling and Chris Middleton being out obviously was a huge, huge uh, hit to that, you know, that tent pole that is Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and of course Giannis. And of course you got Philadelphia and Joel Embiid who beats the shit out of the Bulls every time he sees them. So there you have it, Bulls fans. Enjoy these finals because the offseason is coming. And I don't think there are a lot of changes that are going to be made to this roster. So hopefully four through nine get a lot better for you. But uh, I'll enjoy taking in these finals uh, as we uh, as we move forward. Can't believe you don't disrespect my guys in Cleveland. Knock it the fuck off. You know what time it is, Jake. Knock, knock it the fuck off. Knock it the fuck off. Also, uh, an addendum to that uh, that segment, and you can keep Tony's foolishness about <laughs> Cleveland in there as well. By the way, uh, <laughs> uh, hey man, Donovan Mitchell's getting ready to be a New York Nick. Oh, yeah. I, ho- I hope John Yastrzemski is ready. I hope JJ is ready at the New York, New York podcast because, man, Pops being with, with, with the Mets, right? Pops is, is, is a part of the Mets organization. And all of a sudden, you know, Quinn Snyder's is like, <laughs> I'm out this bitch. <laughs> Catch y'all on the flip. And Donovan's like, you going to leave me with Rudy? Oh, you know I'll rock with him. Get me out of here, right? My guy Joe Ingles isn't here anymore. Like, what are we doing out here? I was out here in Salt Lake City just playing basketball. Now you want me to live out here? Nah, I'm cool. Yeah, get ready for Donovan to make that noise. Get ready for it, y'all. It's it's coming. This offseason is going. Hey, you see these free agents out here? Donovan's like, man, it is time to shake this tree <laughs> and wait to see which big apple falls on my head. Boy, I can't wait. So, Johnny Strips, get ready, brother, because y'all finally going to have something to watch in the guard. Y'all finally, y'all can stop, like, milking these above-average players and making them stars and getting these old hurt dudes and giving them a little run for half a year and be like, oh, look at this. Look at us squeeze blood from this basketball rock. Nah, man, Donovan Mitchell might be headed to the New York Knicks because of all this foolishness that's happening in Utah. So, hey, Bulls fans. Add another team that you're going to have to deal with in the Eastern Conference to the pile. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. Oh, yeah, and really quickly, uh, I've heard a lot coming out of Hallis Hall about Justin Fields and the deep ball and how accurate he's been on 7-on-7s and 11-on-11s. And Matt Eberflus is talking about, boy, he throws a pretty deep ball. Hey, hey, guys. To throw deep passes, you got to be upright. <laughs> you can't throw them from your back. <laughs> you can't throw them from your ass. <laughs> hey, hey, I had a nickname for uh, Matt Ryan when I was in Atlanta, and my, my Atlanta people already know. Shout out to, to, to the night show people out there. You're, hey, it is being transitioned now to Justin Fields because this year my man will be named uh, Justin AKA hit as he throws fields. Okay. Like that, that that's just getting. And by the way, it, when that deep ball, when you do have a clean pocket, probably once out of every eight drivebacks, when, when everything is looking good and you, you pat that ball once and getting ready to load it up. A, uh, Equinemius St. Brown and Byron Pringle are out there to go ahead and pluck it out of the air for you. So shout out to Luke Getzey and Matt Eberflus for putting as much um, putting as much uh, 
paint on this HUD home as they possibly can. But man, whoo, you you know what season you know what type of season is gonna be when you hear coaches talk about the deep ball. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, bring bring it on, <laughs> bring on training camp, bring on all the training camp interceptions and the training camp touchdowns. And this guy's in the best shape of his life. And yeah, I, I, Cole Komet talking about Justin Fields throwing against the wind, getting up extra throws, throwing bombs because the the wind was knocking his football down during practices. Guess what? <laughs> Guess what? When the games really start, you ain't going to have to worry about the wind knocking your throws down, Justin. You're going to have to worry about them hitting the umpire in the back of the head because you're on the floor trying to get rid of the football. That's what you're going to have to worry about. So I am uh, I am looking forward to this retooled and refashioned offensive line for the Chicago Bears. But man, I don't know. I don't know. I, I get a little leery when we start talking about uh, deep balls and, and 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 how good people look in practice against air. This is a five to six win football team, and uh, I don't know if the deep pass is going to. You know, I know yeah, but he lead, he led the league in with air yards. What seven point one four yards with air yards per throw? Good job, Justin. That was when you had Allen Robinson and Jakeem Grant and a whole bunch of dudes who were running past people. Now you got a 25-year-old rookie named Bayless, and you got your boy Daryl Mooney, or Darnell Mooney, of course, and then you got a brother named Byron and a brother named Equinemius. So I can't wait to see it. But Luke Getze and Matt Abelflus, they're uh, enthused about the deep ball. I just hope the brother can stay upright this season. The full goal with Jason Goff. That's all the time we have for episode 112 of the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff. I uh, I have performed with one lip. I have not done so admirably, but I think I got through it. This, this is one of those games where, you you know, you, you got seven innings in. You probably got touched up for about four or five runs, but you never had that spillover inning, right? You, you just kept it to a minimum. Probably two solo home runs off me today, all right? But we got the win, though. I feel like we got the win. want to thank our production staff, as always, uh, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. The always active Jesse Lopez and my main man, Tony Gill. For the fellas, I want to thank you for downloading this thing, subscribing to it, sharing it, rating and reviewing it, all the things you do for this podcast. We truly appreciate it. Looking forward to talking to you on Tuesday for episode 113, where we talk about Steve Stone, 40 years in broadcasting on Tuesday when we drop the pod. Looking forward to talking about uh, a guy who has raised me in terms of baseball and baseball knowledge, as well as everything else that's going to be going on. We're going to have another finals game to talk about, and it'll be the final pod before I am in Belize for my sister's wedding. So looking forward to talking to you guys then. Until then, thank you once again for everything that you do for this pod. As always, we ask you and we beg of you to take care of each other. And I mean that, especially on this evening, which would have been Brianna Taylor's 29th birthday. Uh, she should still be here with us. So I ask all of us, if we listen to this pod and if it catches your ears in any kind of way, you make it through it. I hope that you always keep this in mind. Take care of each other and be safe. Thank you for listening to my daddy. It's a full